Welcome to Career Tools. This week, maternity leave. Here we go. Folks, if you're listening to this right after it came out in June of 2014, we encourage you to take a minute and respond to our request for input on how well we serve you in our Manager Tools survey. We have over 100 questions. It's long, but it's very detailed. We want to know more about you and what you get from us and how we can help you in your career as a professional be more effective in terms of products and services we provide. Thanks. So I suspect there's some of you who are listening who are surprised that we're going to talk about maternity leave, but expecting a baby is not only one of the most exciting times of your life, but it involves professional flexibility in terms of how and when to tell your employer and how to balance a young child with work. Um, and so we have some guidance there. Well, manager tools, career tools have always said family first, period. There is no work-family balance. You don't balance the number one and two things in your life. You put the number one first and number two second, and work is second. That said, maternity leave and asking for it and getting it and what the policies are and so on meld the two in ways uh, that are at times difficult and uh, at a time when things are heavy with emotion and excitement and care needs to be taken around this time of your career. So, Wendy, what guidance do we have? So we're first of all going to talk about your company's policy for notification. And we're going to talk about national and corporate communication requirements. Right. Not Surely not every nation. Not every nation. For every nation. No, no okay, we're going to make enough. some generalizations. Yeah. Um, then we're going to talk about what you, the actual conversation with your boss when, you're no, when you notify him and, or her and what you have with you in terms of a plan. And then finally, we're going to tell you what to include in your plan because otherwise it wouldn't be us. Right. Good. Okay. So we obviously recommend to know your company policy regarding notification. Yeah. And any company that's big enough to have an HR department, even if it's one person who has responsibility for HR or payroll or those kind of things, will be big enough to have a policy around maternity notification. They'll have some kind of something written somewhere. To be clear, though, you're not saying a policy around maternity leave. You have a, you're suggesting there's a policy about maternity notification, which is what no one talks about. They talk about leave. How much time do I get? But they forget that there are policies about notification when you're obligated to say something. If at all. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Okay. And we'll come to this later on. But the, the thing about yeah, everybody thinks I, I'm owed something. I'm owed maternity <laughs> leave in a way, you know, I'm having a baby. Therefore society owes me maternity leave. But the notification piece is, is the balance to that of allowing the company to get ready for the fact that you're not going to be there for however long that is. And in Europe, that can be up to two years. So there's a lot of preparation that the company needs to go through in order for you to enjoy that time and know that everything is settled. So the issue of uh, being owed things, um, it's interesting. Maternity leave is a relatively recent benefit provided by companies, which then now over time has become legislated, which is to be expected. But oftentimes people say to us, you know, um, well, I can quit this job if I want. Uh, you know, that's my right. And we say back, yes, and the company can fire you anytime it wants, and that's their right. And, and then people say, well, there ought to be rules about 
when, you know, when, how, you know, in fact, there are laws in the U.S. certainly, and I'm sure there are in Europe as well and elsewhere in the world about how companies have to notify if there's more than 500 people at a local site or, you know, how in much in advance they let people notify. But there are no rules for people notifying about quitting a job. And what people want is to be often, many, many people say, I want to be indemnified. I want to be protected from the company. I want the right to quit whenever I want, but the company can't fire me whenever it wants. And unfortunately, that creates perverse incentives in the economics of the marketplace. We're not here to argue perverse incentives, but as much as people say, I'm entitled to maternity leave, and in some places you are, in some places you're not, in those places where you are, there is often requirement for notification. And if you don't notify appropriately, um, you put your situation at risk. There's probably no company who will deny you leave the kind you want if you don't notify. But you're putting your manager and your division, your group, your work group at risk. There's a difference between them giving you flexibility and you not notifying them in time and then giving you exactly what you're entitled to. Right. And I think that's the risk you take if yeah. you're not open and honest and and willing to give a little. The risk you take is they don't give a little either. Yeah. And, and, and to be fair... Uh, we want you to be open and honest, and we also think the company has a responsibility to protect you, to respect your privacy. And if the company were to say, you have to let us know at the end of the second trimester, for instance, and you choose not to do that, that's your choice and you can do that. But there may be a policy that you're unaware of that says, failure to notify by this time, um, depending upon the role you're in and so on, puts at risk some of the maternity leave. And people say, oh, I, I disagree with that. I said, well, unfortunately, this is, again, a case where we create perverse incentives. We want every organization to respect your privacy, and we want you to respect the company's need to deal with the exigencies of work and satisfying customers and so on. So where there isn't a policy, if your company is too small or if you uh, they just haven't created one yet, it's too new, whatever, there's often a legal requirement so if there isn't a policy for the company then you fall back on the legal requirement right um and uh, for example in the us any company with more than 50 employees in one location has to provide time off under fmla and that requires the employee to give 30 days notice and for those of you who aren't in the us or don't know fmla stands for family and medical leave act it's a law okay so again, it requires the employee to give 30 days notice, which you might say is, well, that's kind of comical because surely- Surely everyone would have noticed would by no, then. Would have noticed by then. In a sense, I'm sure the people who wrote the law were saying, we're not gonna force you to notify people before. I'm sure the law included the difficulty that all pregnancies do not go to term. And so 30 days is plenty of notice. That said, if you forget, or if you're not clear about things, you just put things at risk. And and the law actually does have where this is possible. So if, if you had a preterm baby, for instance, and it was born more than 30 days ahead of the, of the date you'd given, or you hadn't got around to, to, to telling them, then you're still covered because they wanted to take account of that. The other piece to ask is, if I were the boss, when would I want to know? When would I want it? Yeah. And if you decide, yes, if I were the boss, I'd want to know this early, but I don't want to tell him or her that early, you can, in fact, rely strictly on the company policy and on 
the legal requirements. But what you're doing is saying my personal interests outweigh my boss's interest. If your boss were ever to have a situation that says, what would I want to know if I were the employee, and the boss then chooses not to share that, you might feel that your trust was abused, the relationship was abused by the manager choosing to side with her, his or her own best interest or the company's best interest versus yours. Your manager will assume the same thing. If you know and you're planning specific things to take full advantage of your medical leave, your family leave, we applaud you for that. And if you don't tell your boss until the very last minute, and if you're concerned that he might or she might ask you a question that you don't feel obligated to answer because it's about your private life, you're putting in a situation, your manager in a situation where the manager has to say, wow, he or she could have told me and she didn't. Repeatedly, I didn't ask, I was respectful, and they didn't tell me. That's an abuse of trust. Now, all relationships are in constant flux between trust and abuse of trust and so on in small ways and big ways. But you have to consider it from both sides of the equation. Uh, we would say that the, the golden rule here applies to some degree in terms of when would you want to know if you're the boss? And then you have a choice to make about balancing that versus your interest, completely respectable, for privacy. Okay? Now, it's, it's different in Europe, though, right? Yeah. So in Europe, maternity leave is much longer much longer than it is in the US, um, up to two years. Not all of it paid, but I think 52 weeks paid, at least at some level, which I'm sure all the women in the US are going, oh, ah, let's to move Europe. to Europe. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, women have to give four weeks notice and men have to give eight weeks notice. I don't know why there's a difference. Well, that's easy. The reason why is because men don't show. <laughs> True. Right? If yeah. my spouse is pregnant, I don't have to share it with you. You know, spouses of employees are not covered under corporate policy, but the manager who in the sixth month doesn't notice, just the reality of it is, is unlikely, right? That's an unlikely situation. So men yeah. have to give more. Yeah. Okay. And it, it must be in writing. There's a, a specific form in the UK that you have to fill in. Um, I assume there's a similar form in the rest of Europe. And both men and women can share maternity leave. So the two years can be broken up into four periods of six months each, and you can take two each, for example. So the requirements in the Europe are better in, in some ways for the family but they're harder on the company. So if you're, if you're in that situation, you probably want to go a little bit further in helping the company understand what you intend to do and how you intend for it all to shake out in order to allow them proper preparation time. And in general, the requirements for notification fall on the side of, of the person who is expecting. They don't there is no requirement for the company to ask, again, to protect somebody's privacy. And there are similar rules. Uh, you can get maternity leave in some countries for adoption and other non-standard kind of additions to families. But you don't have to make a choice about how long you're going to take, when you're going to come back, until very close to the due dates. So you don't have to do that at like six months or even earlier. Right, you know, right. A lot of people announce it just after three months, you don't have to make any decisions at that point, apart from saying, I'm going to have a baby and it's due on this date. When you in intend to come back or what you intend to do when you come back, be part-time or any of those things is a statement of intent, not a commitment, because you can't commit. Everybody understands, including the law, that when you have a baby, 
everything changes. And what you might have thought, <laughs> especially first, you know, the first baby, everybody says, oh, it's going to be easy, right? Baby sleeps all the time. I'll be back to work in a week. And for some people, that's completely possible. And for some people, they choose not to. Yes. They had no idea how they were going to feel about leaving their child. Those of us who've had many kids, you know, have said to, to many young people, oh, I should be doing X or Y. I, you know, this is my plan, da 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 And I, I always say to them, call me after you've held your baby in your arms the first time, right? Exactly. You know, don't even, it's like somebody saying, yeah, if I were a soccer player, I'd be winning the World Cup today. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Tell your story walking, right? It's just the idea that you can predict that is, is ludicrous. Exactly. Yeah. But communicating your intent is a reasonable thing for the company to expect you to do. Yes. Actually making that into a solid commitment is not reasonable. And any reasonable boss or reasonable company will understand that and the law will back you up. Yeah. And unfortunately, the reason there is a law is because lots of bosses and companies are not reasonable. Somebody asked me the other day, what is Manager Tools maternity leave? policy. I said, well, we would we would satisfy any legal requirements. But what I would also say anyone who works for us, if you wish to take time off after your baby, you're welcome to. And we'll figure it out. And I'll be more generous than you expect. Because the only people we hire are people I'm desperate to hold on to, period. And it should be fairly simple. And if somebody said, well, I'm worried you won't give me more than 90 days. I said, how does 180 sound? How, you know, even more. I I don't care. I'll hold your job for you. It's so hard to find people that it's good. And by the same token, at Manager Tools, we have an unlimited vacation, unlimited sick day, unlimited personal day policy because I don't want people thinking about vacation. I want them thinking about their family and about work. So We're lucky. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, it's not luck. It's expensive. And that's why it's valuable. You have to know national and corporate, your own company communication requirements, right? Yes, the notification is one thing, the, the, the announcement that you're expecting is one thing, but there are further requirements that you and your company have to communicate. So one of the things that happens in Europe, and I can't remember if it's covered by FMLA, is that you are entitled to time off for antenatal appointments. Every time you go and get a sonogram, all those things, you are entitled to that time off, but you have to give the company two days notice. So that kind of com communication, just so the company can cover for you, and they know that where you where where you are and you know what's happening there is a requirement for you to communicate that but again any reasonable person doesn't just disappear from work and say oh i was at the doctors you don't Good. but again that's because people do there is a requirement and when you're on on maternity leave it's not like vacation right. where you can have and have an expectation that your employer will not contact you Vacation is vacation and you're not working and because vacation is limited to a week, maybe two weeks. And so you can prepare for that ahead of time and the planning that you've done will probably carry the company over. There's nothing that will really happen in two weeks that will need urgent communication in general if you've done it properly. But maternity leave, because it's so much longer, does need communication uh, apart from you telling the company that you, you've decided to be absent for a longer period or a shorter period or that you've decided to come back part-time or you want to have a different role when you return um, and you informing your employer of all those things in order that they can help you get what you want if it's possible. There's also 
obligation on the part of the employer to keep you up to date on things that will affect you when you come back to work. So things like policy changes and team changes and management changes and companies moving to the building next door. You don't want to come back to work after being gone for nine months and walk in the door and decide to discover your swipe card doesn't work because the company's not there anymore. That'd be kind of embarrassing. So the company is not contacting you because they want to bother you. They have an obligation to keep you up to date on the things that affect you. Right. I tell you the other side of the coin about how, when you communicate and knowing what the requirements are, trust is not built simply on meeting requirements. There are some people who tend to think that, but trust is also built and maintained based on going above and beyond the requirements. So if all you do is meet the minimum requirements, don't be surprised if the company does the minimum requirements back or if your boss under communicates to you, simply meets the requirement. And when you say to your boss, gee, I would have loved to have known that. Look, I, I would not be surprised if a snarky, and I would guess likely male boss says, well, I'd have liked to, you to formally let me know sooner than the actual last day when you had been showing for three months. I think if a, an employee who is pregnant is showing, notably showing, and refuses to mention it, and then immediately, every time someone says, oh, are, are you pregnant, says, well, that's none of your business, and then waits until the last minute to communicate, I think that person is making a statement about what kind of relationship they want with the company. The company, by law, is required to respect your privacy, but on the other hand, this goes back to the question of, yes, you can quit, and yes, we can fire you. I'm not suggesting anybody will fire you. I'm suggesting you're essentially making a statement to the company about what kind of relationship you want, and you shouldn't be surprised if that relationship is returned to you after a fashion. What would I want to know as a boss? Everything, as soon as I could. Now, some of you might say, wait, that, that sounds invasive. No, it's not. I want to know everything I can, first of all, so I can be the first to say congratulations. Second of all, so that I can plan. And I can. G- the more I plan, the more I'm able to give you what you want. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of times when we talk about what the requirements are, we put ourselves in a delicate situation. Uh, next, notify your boss and have a plan at the same time. I love this one. Yeah. So in most countries, you don't have to give your boss anything other than you're pregnant and your due date. And this will now become yeah. the recurring theme of the of the cast is if that's all you give, you'll only get the minimum requirements right. in return. Well, no, no, that's not true. I meant it would not surprise me if a manager responded in that way. I'd like every manager who is given the minimum amount of communication bend over backwards for him or him or her to bend over backwards to give the employee everything they want. Really, I, I do. Um, and the manager's not wrong to say, I, I'd like to know more. Right? Because, again, the, the assumption is the manager who wants to know more is just protecting himself. No, the manager wants to know more, cares about you, and wants to say, well done. You know, fingers crossed and prayers for uh, happy, safe, healthy delivery. And your family, It's because I'm telling you, I'm a manager and kids are the bomb, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's an assumption. It goes back to that fundamental belief that we judge ourselves by our intentions, which are good. We judge other people by their behaviors, and then we guess at their attentions, right? And and it's just, yeah. And so the idea that asking early or somehow is is based on ill intent is just wrong. Okay, but it, but anyway, what we're saying is yes, notify your boss. But gosh, 
have a plan to help your boss with the issues that surround you not being at work. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. This is a case, again, where if you want to have the rules flexed in your favor later, it's better to flex in your boss's direction now. Absolutely. Give a little, get a little. And if you don't have a plan, you got to be happy with what your boss's plan is. Yeah. Right? As long as the boss legally meets the requirements, right? Well, okay, I didn't have a plan. Gosh, if, if it were me, I'd, I'd want to have a total plan. And then I'd expect my boss to have input the way he or she does with every other plan I ever have, because that's what bosses do and are entitled to. And the other thing about having a plan is it, it allows you to feel confident that work's being looked after. If you're, you know, I think everybody who listens to career tools cares about their career and it's important to them and you don't want to be worrying about what's going on at work when you're at home with the baby and you know all the complications that that brings or or even during your pregnancy you know it's stressful enough you don't need you don't need any extra stress i giggled there because i remembered something i was reading yesterday about uh, someone who was in a grocery store and was asked by a gentleman for vanilla ice cream and she said I don't have any uh, and he he looked like he was going to cry and say please can please uh, it has to be haagen it has to be vanilla and she went and found some and uh, he said thank you because my pregnant yeah. wife is a monster and I'm not going to die tonight absolutely yeah <laughs> now, you know pregnancy is a weird thing and the more you can have taken care of the better yeah and ladies when you're pregnant, the people who care about you will forgive you your idiosyncrasies. And the people who don't forgive you for your idiosyncrasies, for the funny things you eat, and for your moments of anger or crying or whatever, those are people that aren't your friends. <laughs> and those are people who don't care about you. Um, when it happens to you, and inevitably it will, um, because this is the human condition and it's been this way for hundreds of thousands of years, recognize it. And uh, in times of crisis, um, which for many people pregnancy is, you'll experience, wow, I thought they'd be my friend and they're really not. Yeah. Okay. What are we telling them to include in their plan? Okay. So first thing is a time off window. So when you expect the baby to be due, how much time you're thinking about taking off beforehand and how much after. And again, remember, this isn't a commitment, it's an intention. So many people think, oh, I'll work until two weeks before the baby's born. And then they find that they have symptoms that mean that work is uncomfortable, or they just don't want to be there, or their doctor requires them to have I can't remember what you call it. Oh, bed rest, right. whatever. So, so you can't predict everything that's going to happen. But what we're what we're asking is, give a. This is what I would like to happen. Right. God will take care of your plans. But yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, and uh, another thing, if it changes, and again, this is a commitment. It isn't a commitment. It's an intention. If your needs change, assertive communication as soon as you know. Even if there's an uncertainty that may not come to fruition, ask yourself as a manager, wouldn't that be helpful for you to know? It would. And yeah. so we would recommend you do that. You know, I know I'm a broken record here, but we want you to know what the minimums are, and then what you want, we want you to go above and beyond. No, almost no one includes a plan in their request for maternity leave. That's why we have this section of the cast. Have a plan. Show your boss, I'm aware that I'm important here. I'm aware that me being gone will have a distinct impact on the results of our team. 
and I'm willing to do everything I can to mitigate it. I'm not willing to be here at work the day after I give birth, but I am willing to plan ahead for the understanding that I won't be here and some of my work won't get done. Yeah. Okay. So next. The communication plan that you have with your boss while you're gone. So this will depend a lot on how long you intend to take, when you intend to take it, what your job is, and and how senior you are, what your position is, but how often you intend to communicate and what you intend to communicate about is great for the boss to know. And what you communicate about might only be, I'm still planning to come back on on the day I talk to you about. Uh, For other people, it might be a whole, you know, Customer, I'm customer X and, you know, the project Y and uh, uh, have we got to this stage or that stage or whatever because you want to be more involved. Right. And uh, let me be the voice of the manager again. If somebody who worked for me, this has actually happened before, was pregnant, I would say, I'd like to do one-on-ones with you while you're out. And I, you know, somebody might say, I'd rather not. I'd say, okay. And therefore, there'll be less communication. And I don't feel the obligation to turn my one-on-one into a long weekly up email update to that person. And some of you might say, well, gee, that's asking an awful lot. I don't think a half an hour once a week is all that much. We don't think it, it's true when you're at work, let alone when you're not at work. More importantly, I only ask this based on the development of trust and a relationship over months and potentially years of that person having been my direct beforehand. We also recommend you communicate, what's the plan for communicating with your team? Right, the the your peers, right? When you're yeah. away, and and how you intend to communicate, how often, and about what? Same same content as we just have, but an individual contributor may only need to communicate with the person covering for them. They may only need to call once a week and say, "Hey, how's things going?" And the person says, "It's great. I've got everything covered. Don't worry. How's the baby?" A manager might need to be available a lot more, especially if the person covering for them doesn't have a lot of experience being a manager and doing the job that they're they're covering for. The more robust the training you can provide beforehand, the the better. better. But again, not everything goes to plan. So I I would try and get the training done at least a couple of months before the due date. But if it if it happens, then you might just have to give a little and, and just be more in more contact over the yeah. once you're home. And by the same token, this gets right to the next thing. If we're talking about training, we better have named a number two and gotten them up to speed. Yeah, because if your work wasn't necessary, you wouldn't have a job, right? And because the company wouldn't pay you to do work that wasn't necessary. That's not how companies work. So while you're gone. While you're gone, it can't not get done, right? Exactly. If it could not get done, I'd have to raise my eyebrows and go, hmm, am I wasting money? You're clearly not required. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So everybody who's listening to this is required and therefore the work that they do has to get done. And so you have to decide on a number two, even if you're an individual contributor. And sometimes for individual contributors, that's very obvious. Is right. There's one person who's the most senior and they usually take cover. But maybe you want to choose somebody else based on the fact that right. there's going to be vacations and that person's going to be covering for vacations and covering for you at the same time is too much. In some companies, they'll bring somebody in, a temp, who will cover the maternity period. So that person will be your number two. And you might want to have thought about whether or not that's necessary before you go to your boss with a plan. Right. Um, And then your plan will need a recommendation and a plan to train them 
and what you think can be dropped. Because, you know, if you're only gone for, so I mean, I, I think Marissa Mayer was gone for like two weeks, right? Um, <laughs> yes, but she barely start. She'd barely started the job, but yeah. um. Well, but you know, people who are listening are not CEOs of publicly <laughs> traded multi-billion-dollar companies, which have. I'm sure she has a nanny, and of course, she, I think she built her office to allow her to bring her young baby to work as well. Yeah. To, to some consternation in some people's mind, which I find ludicrous, but anyway. Um, yeah, and when we say a recommendation for the number two and a plan to train them and what you think can be dropped, folks, think about it this way. There are seven things you do. Maybe three of them are the big things and the other four you can get away with dropping periodically or just only people dealing with them if they become hot. Those three things, A, B, C, you come up with a plan for, if nothing else, your number two sitting with you for an hour and watching you do A and you come up with a checklist. It's a combination of desk side plus checklist that can be a super simple training plan. We don't need them to go to external training probably because you're the expert on the work that you do. But think of it that way, desk side and checklist. And I'm sorry, I mentioned one, just one more thing, reporting. In other words, if Wendy's on maternity leave and I'm her number two, I'm filling in for her and I'm following a checklist, our boss, our joint boss, will assume that I'm not doing as well as Wendy. If that's the case, he'll probably want me to communicate something. And so some form of slightly more robust reporting from the person who's doing the job uh, would be appreciated from the manager's perspective. There's all sorts of ways to do this. We, I worked in a, a recruitment team with four people and two of them were on maternity leave and the third one was only part-time, which just left me. And we didn't bring in another recruitment person. I did everything, but we brought in an admin to help me with all right. the stuff that I didn't need to be thinking about. So it doesn't necessarily mean that somebody has to do your job. Someone else can do that part and maybe you can get someone to help them out. So try and think a bit flexibly because there's all sorts of ways rather than just have someone sit in your seat and do your job. Right. Okay. And then the next thing is an existing work review, project status, the plans for work that you've had during the time that you're going to be off, but not everything, but the important stuff so that your boss can make decisions on the plan and whether it makes sense in terms of your chosen number two and the training plan. You know, he's he or she has got to put those two things together. Here's the work and here's the plan. And does the plan you've created make sense? And if they don't know all your work, they can't do that. And yes, your boss in theory, knows everything you're doing, but they don't know the detail. They trust you to be producing the results. And if you're producing results, they tend not to dig into how you're doing it and exactly what you do on a daily basis. Whereas that's something they need to know in order to assess your plan if you're not going to be there. And then the last thing you want to talk to your boss about is a team member review. So particularly for managers, anybody that you're having trouble with, anybody that there's an issue with anything that's coming up. Right. You know, maybe maybe you know that somebody on your team is is going to have surgery while you're off and you, you haven't yet told your boss, but that's going to impact the team in, in the sense that there'll be two people from the team off for some time. That Those are the kind of things you need to communicate. Yeah, the fact is things are always changing at everyone's work all the time. And so you're going to take a snapshot, if you will, of what you're working on and things that your boss is unaware of. Folks, if you think your boss knows everything, you're nuts. Heck, you ought to know that because you don't tell your boss everything. <laughs> That's one of the first rules of having a boss. So project status, 
team member review. These are the kind of things that the boss will have to do the hard way if you don't do it. It'll take you one-tenth the time in preparation than it will take your boss in crisis if you haven't shared it. And so that's just a, a question of efficiency. You might say, well, that would be the boss's responsibility while I'm gone. Yeah, well, you spend the rest of your career thinking, well, that'll be the boss's responsibility. That'll be the boss's responsibility. That'll be the boss's responsibility. Boss ends up saying, I'd prefer to have somebody who helps me with my responsibilities rather than giving me theirs. Yeah, good. I think that's it, right? That's everything, the, yeah. Good. So wrap us up. Now your company policy for notification Know the national and corporate communication requirements. But don't just meet the minimums. Ask yourself what your boss would need and what you would want if you were your boss. Yeah. Notify your boss and have a plan at the same time. With all the factors we just considered. Yeah. Exactly. And what to include in your plan. And congratulations if you're listening to this and you're expecting. Mark thinks that having babies is the best thing ever. Ever. I, I think having nieces, nephews, and cousins is the best thing ever. And if you follow the plan, you can forget work and concentrate on your health and the health of the baby and having the best time, which is, you know, what babies are all about. Yep. Good. Thanks, Wendy. You're welcome. Bye, everyone. That's it, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. Hopefully, we kept the male listeners all the way through because this is going to affect you as well. <laughs>